We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Greg Roman faced the music Wednesday, responding to widespread fan criticism during his media session. Yes, Sarah, he was also asked about how he plans to improve the passing game and why he abandoned the run so early in the fourth quarter Saturday in Cleveland. His answer's just ahead. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It is Thursday, December 22nd, and this is your morning Ravens Vault. So wide receiver Sammy Watkins practiced in full and spoke for the first time as a Raven 2.0 since he's back for a second stint in Baltimore. More on what he had to say and if we should expect to see him in game action this weekend. Plus, the official Pro Bowl results are in and six Ravens received the honors. That's the third most league-wide. So who made the cut and who was snubbed? Yeah, we have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with a morning vault where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. All right, there's no sugarcoating it, Sarah. Lots of folks within this fan base are calling for Greg Roman's job right now, and there is a ton, and I mean a ton of negativity surrounding him. So, as you would imagine, anticipation was building for the moment that he would talk to the media, and that's what happened. Yeah, that's right. That moment came Wednesday afternoon, Bobby, and there's a lot to get to from his press conference. So we'll go ahead and start with his reaction to fan outrage toward him and the offense. Now, Roman opened up by saying he appreciates fans because he's been a fan of other sports teams his whole life, and he still is today. So he understands the passion. He understands the frustration. He says it's part of sports. But it's two different worlds, that world of the fan, which uh, is the fan. And then there's the people in the arena, the players, the coaches, etc. I mean, the first thing you're told when you get into this profession is don't listen to any of the noise. You know, that's what everybody's told everywhere. And if you're an offensive coordinator and you don't think that's going to happen in the NFL, it comes with the job. But the uh, the second world is in the arena where you really have to focus, laser beam focus, on, on uh, the task at hand. You can't let anything distract you from that. And that's players, coaches, everybody, uh, working on all the details that go into to winning in the National Football League. So it's pretty simple, really. And like when 
coordinators, first-time coordinators, when I talk to them, that's the first thing I tell them is you can't listen to anything other than do, doing your job, you know, and how the offense performs, that's what I'm concerned about. Is it hard sometimes not to take it personal, though? I, I don't listen to it at all. Okay. I mean, it doesn't move me at all. So, Bobby, during my time working at the Ravens, I covered eight offensive coordinators and five defensive coordinators. And I can tell you that this mentality of blocking out fan noise, that is a mentality that every single one of those coordinators had. Roman blocking out fan to media noise is not a new concept. And if we were all being honest with ourselves, we all do the same thing. Everyone listening to the show does it. There's only so much negativity that any of us can listen to until it eventually either gets us down or it becomes a waste of time by fighting it. So eventually, you just block it out. Now, that said, not listening to fans at all? I I suppose that's fine, but he obviously has to listen to feedback from someone or he risks being caught in an echo chamber of false security. I'd say if he's listening to his players, his fellow coaches, John Harbaugh, Eric DaCosta, Ozzie Newsom, and then, of course, Steve Bishotti, then that's fine. That's fine by me. But then I also hope he's listening, if you will, to the scoreboard. <laughs> because putting up 13.8 points per game since the bye, that speaks volumes. So he's got to listen to that. And then outside of that, Bobby, somebody at the Ravens has to have a pulse on fan sentiment because it can't just be totally pushed aside. There's plenty of good points being made if somebody at the Ravens can just filter through some of the unreasonable stuff. But So I get it. He's blocking the noise out. We all do it. But you also do have to listen to feedback, and hopefully he is doing that. And that certainly doesn't mean Roman and the offense don't know that they are underperforming in a big way. Pat Ricard said that the entire offensive unit watched every single play together and had difficult conversations. So they are talking They are listening to one another, and it sounds like as a group, they have pinpointed breakdowns, and Giro kind of alluded to that. Overall, I mean, we watched the the entire game as an offense, got a chance to really dive into what exactly happened. It's clear as day what happened, and there's some things that we got to clean up. I think everybody understands exactly what happened and working very hard to... uh, to get those things fixed and move forward. All right, so obviously one recurring breakdown that needs to be fixed is the pass game, as it ranks as the sixth worst in the NFL. And John Harbaugh said it is the number one priority. So, Giro was asked, what needs to happen to see improvement there? I'd say it's more of a play-by-play situation. So, to answer your question broadly, uh, we just need to execute better. Okay, We need to be uh, on the same page and... A guy, it's a one thing here and one thing there type of thing. And that's, we all know, offensive football needs uh, cohesion. So uh, we can do a lot better. There's some good things going on, but we need to be more consistent. You know, Sarah, it's interesting that he essentially laid all the blame of the passing game on execution, which is typically saying it's the player's fault. And while there were definitely player issues, just two examples are Tyler Huntley missing a touchdown pass to Devin Duvernay, And Harbaugh even said some routes weren't being run correctly. But I think it could have been nice if he at least mentioned that the scheme and personnel packages could improve. There's a lot left to be desired in those categories. And honestly, I just like some accountability here from all angles. I don't think it could hurt. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and he certainly didn't do that in the passing game, uh, but he did at least take some accountability in abandoning the run game too early in that fourth quarter of the Cleveland game. Now, as we've mentioned a few times this week, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards only got one carry between the two of them in that fourth quarter, despite averaging more yards per carry than Tyler Huntley was averaging per pass drop back. Now, Giro said his intention in the beginning of that fourth quarter was to change the tempo in an effort to jumpstart an offense that had only scored three points up to that point of the game. But in retrospect, he probably pulled that trigger too early, he says. I mean, we were moving it. Uh, really well on the ground for sure and some quick passes and whatnot but you know could we have stayed into that mode more probably you know probably you look back and you're like geez you know could have uh, kept going with that a little bit more you know but that's uh you know on Monday it's always easy to say that so he did take some responsibility there and while he's right that it's easier to say what went wrong on a Monday following the game Bobby, there were plenty of people screaming at their TVs to give the ball to J.K. and Gus during the game, during that fourth quarter. I know I was one of them. So in this case, I don't think hindsight was really needed. Just lean into your identity, Greg. But there was one point that he did make about the run game that I agree with. The Ravens are churning out yards between the 20s on the ground, but then it seems to just completely stall in the red zone. And I think if they could fix that ground game in the red zone, it would go a long way. This is the NFL. We'll do it sometimes and it'll happen. And uh, we got to run the ball better in the red zone. Uh, That's one of our biggest issues right now is we run the ball. And we had a discussion about that today as an offense, you know. We're running the ball up and down the field. We get in the red zone, and it's one thing here, one thing there. And that's when we got to tighten our screws down. So that's one of the aspects of what's really going on there in terms of finishing drives. I mean, these guys, our guys, are moving the ball as, probably as good as anybody. You know, we just got to finish those drives and take care of the little things and avoid shooting ourselves in the foot. Sarah, we got to make sure we get to the elephant in the room here. What about Roman's overall job security? Was he asked about it? Did he speak to it? No, journalists didn't really ask about that. I think the closest they got to was mentioning Tyus Bowser's Instagram story that showcased those fire Greg Roman messages on the ground of the team facility. Here's his response to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, we kind of, um, he was extremely sincere. I mean, I think his intentions were mis, mis- you know, misinterpreted. Um, and we had a great discussion, really great discussion. I was very impressed with how he presented himself and, uh, you know, had a, had a great handshake and hug. And it was kind of a misunderstanding that, that uh, people in the arena probably laugh about. So I'm glad that he and Tyus are cool, Bobby. And I love that Ravens players and coaches have each other's back. That said, I still feel like Roman and even Harbaugh from earlier this week aren't reading the room quite right when it comes to outside perception on this Instagram post. Now, at least you and I said from the beginning that we didn't think Tyus was stirring the pot or endorsing it or, th- or that he himself was saying that Greg Roman needed to be fired. We felt like he just saw something that caught him off guard and posted it with a raw reaction. And what outsiders also care about is, who put the papers there? (laughs) If it's a fan, fine. We move on easily, hoping the security tightens up at the Ravens facility. But if it was a member of the staff or a player, that's a whole different story. And they aren't addressing that. They're just saying that Tyus was misinterpreted, and I don't think he was. We just want to know who put the papers there. Needless to say, partner, investigation ongoing. 
Let's put that at the top of our off-season priority list when it comes to content. But still to come here on The Vault, it's round two for Sammy Watkins in Baltimore. Stay tuned. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Bobby, as we discussed on Wednesday's Morning Vault, the Ravens claimed veteran wide receiver Sammy Watkins off waivers this week after losing Devin DuVernay to a depressing, significant right foot injury. Yeah, and Sarah, not only was Watkins in the building less than 24 hours later, but he was also a full practice participant and will likely suit up at the bank and play on Christmas Eve against the Falcons this Saturday afternoon. Here's Sammy showing his appreciation for the organization who he now reunites with after spending last season in Baltimore. Um, great team, great coaches, and um, kind of knew all the wide receivers, the, the OC, and a lot of familiar faces, so it was an easy, pretty much an easy thing. Um, they gave me a call, and I was like, man, anytime I can play football or get a chance to be on that field, um, I'm going to come out here and play. So um, I just thank the organization for giving me that call and giving this opportunity. You know, Bobby, he's there thanking the organization, but I feel like the organization should also be thanking him and, quite frankly, the Green Bay Packers for waiving him at this point in the season. I mean, we know how desperate they are right now at the wide receiver position, so much so that we had folks calling for Shamar Bridges practice squad call-ups during our post-game live stream last weekend, and that was before 
Devin Duvernay went down. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of Shamar Bridges in my comment sections as of late for sure. And, you know, Sarah, the bottom line is this organization showed you how it feels about the current group of practice squad wide receivers by claiming Watkins. They're not ready on the P squad, and they went and claimed a guy who they know, and there's familiarity that goes both ways, which now brings us to the aforementioned Devin Duvernay, whose broken right foot has shut him down for the rest of this season. And Greg Roman knows this one hurts his depth at wide receiver because we know the current state of this room. It's a big loss. You know, Devin uh, is having a great year in a lot of different ways. You know, we'll have to shift gears a little bit without him, but we really feel like there's some guys that can step in uh, and do some of the things he was doing. So that's the good news. And, uh, you know, we just signed Sammy Watkins too. So he's back in Baltimore. Really excited about that. I mean, losing Devin, you can't just... Hey, let's just keep rolling. We're going to have to make some changes. So guys are going to have to step up. Next man up. And I wonder who the next man will be as far as return specialists go. And that's not just talking about the wide receiver position. I'd have to think that Justice Hill and I don't know, I guess maybe James Prochet will be battling for snaps in that category. But neither have the explosiveness that Duvernay brings to the table, especially when he's healthy. Yeah, I think Hill would probably be my pick to handle return duties between the two of them. But back to Sammy. Remember, Watkins spent his first three seasons with the Bills, two of which were with Greg Roman, who served as Buffalo's play caller those years. There's obviously familiarity between the two of them, and Giro says it shouldn't take Sammy too long to get up to speed, seeing how, like we said, he was pretty heavily involved in Baltimore's offense a year ago. Yeah, there's definitely definitely roots there. So that's good. That's a great thing. It's not like we're getting somebody that's never been here. That's, that's huge. And to get a quality player like him this time of year, it's almost unheard of. Yeah, so the question becomes, what kind of quality are we talking about at this point in his career, Bobby? Watkins is coming off a 2021 season in which he had career lows across the board statistically, and he's currently on pace to set new career lows this season. Plus, he's already spent a month on injured reserve with a hamstring setback earlier this season. Sarah, it's hard to be optimistic about what he'll bring over the next month or so, but honestly, if he can remain available and stay healthy, he's going to get plenty of opportunities with the current state of this passing attack. So let's keep our expectations low and hope that Sammy exceeds them for the sake of his career and Baltimore's offense moving forward. So after compiling votes from fans, coaches, and players, the NFL released its final Pro Bowl rosters on Wednesday, and six Ravens will head to Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas if, if Baltimore doesn't make it to the Super Bowl, partner. <laughs> At this point, I feel like those chances are pretty decent, but I still believe in these Ravens. But yeah, let's name the six Ravens that got these honors. First, there's tight end Mark Andrews. This is his third time getting a Pro Bowl honor. Return specialist Devin Duvernay, his second time. Cornerback Marlon Humphrey coming back with his third. Fullback Patrick Ricard with his fourth. Kicker Justin Tucker with his sixth, and then linebacker Roquan Smith, his first time ever going to the Pro Bowl. And Bobby, those six, that's the third most league-wide from a single team. The Ravens only trail the Chiefs and Cowboys, 
who each had seven Pro Bowlers. Yeah, every one of those guys, very deserving. And it's especially nice to see Marlon Humphrey return after a tough year. So a nice bounce back for him. I don't know where this defense would be without him, especially at the cornerback position, which is looking thinner than thin. And the fact that this is Roquan's first time is wild. Like He's been one of the best at his position long before coming to Baltimore which, of course, is underscored by the fact that he has two AP All-Pro honors. Yeah, and on another note, the Ravens front office, Bobby, they deserve a shout-out here because they continue to be one of the best in the league at drafting. In addition to these six players we just named, there were five others who started their careers in Baltimore that were also selected to the Pro Bowl. So that list includes Orlando Brown Jr., who's now with the Chiefs, inside linebacker C.J. Mosley with the Jets, outside linebacker Matthew Judon, Patriots, long snapper Morgan Cox, Titans, fullback Kyle Juszczyk, 49ers, and finally outside linebacker Zadarius Smith, who is now with the Vikings. So Bobby, that's a total of 11 pro bowlers who were brought into this league by Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta. And that now makes up, these guys make up one eighth of the pro bowl rosters. And Sarah, before we close on this topic, there were definitely some snubs too on this Ravens roster. You could argue that Patrick Queen, Calais Campbell, Justin Houston, or even the rook Tyler Linderbaum should have made it. But I think the most obvious one was Kevin Zeitler, who has never made it to a Pro Bowl in his entire 11-year career, despite being rock-solid throughout. He did lead the fan voting this season, so they tried to do their part, but he ended up coming up short, and I find it hard to believe Like it's not because he's just not much of a social media guy. He's not a rah-rah guy, right? He's very similar to Marshall Yonda personality-wise. He just gets his work done, he's gritty, he's tough, and he should be on this roster. He 1,000% is, and while he's not much of a social media guy, I'll tell you who is, and that's his wife, Sarah Zeitler. And Wednesday night, she had a great response on Twitter. She wrote, quote, It's the most wonderful time of the year where I get to read all the sweet articles about Kev being snubbed from the Pro Bowl. Again. But, in all seriousness, so excited for all the Ravens who made it. Every single one deserves it. Close quote. And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with Wednesday's injury report. Calais Campbell and Marcus Peters were both out with their respective injuries from last Saturday in Cleveland. One surprise designation was Tyler Huntley being listed as a limited participant with a right shoulder setback. Now, for whatever it's worth, Snoop was on a pitch count at the start of this past summer's training camp with shoulder tendonitis. So we'll see how that shakes out in the coming days leading up to this Christmas Eve matchup. Most notably, though, Lamar Jackson was sidelined from practice for an eighth straight day on Wednesday. His ongoing recovery from that PCL sprain in his knee now certainly puts his status in jeopardy for Saturday. In other news, the Arizona Cardinals have ruled out backup QB Colt McCoy for their Week 16 game against Tampa Bay, which now puts former Raven, familiar face, Trace McSorley in line to start this Sunday night. And finally, we wanted to extend our deepest condolences to the family and friends of longtime Orioles ticket usher Earl McCleary. There's no question that Mr. McCleary enhanced the ballpark experience for game goers in Baltimore and beyond for years and may he rest in peace. 
Thanks for listening to the Morning Ravens Vaults, a podcast unaffiliated with the team. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. So if you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching Ravens Vault Podcast. And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today. But be sure to check out our Ravens-Falcons game preview episode ahead of Saturday's Christmas Eve Week 16 matchup in Baltimore. That'll be released later today, Thursday. Thursday.